Galatians chapter 5 this morning. If you would take your Bibles, please, and turn with me there. What an incredible opportunity it is just to focus all of our attention to give praise uh, to the name of the Lord. If you are visiting with us today at Big Woods, a special welcome to you. Um, it is great to have you here. Um, also, I, I just want to express our gratitude for the team that just returned from Guatemala. Uh, we are so proud of you. Uh, we are praying for you. We love you. And uh, we look today, we speak about the subject of joy. You look for those big, huge smiles today in the, in the congregation. They're the ones who were in Guatemala last week. Very evident um, by way of serving the Lord brings a tremendous sense of joy. Luke, my brother, thank you for blessing my heart um, in, in worship today. You have been given a gift. Be careful to use that gift always for God's glory, my brother. Um, we have so much uh, just to be thankful for. I just got word um, yesterday, another baby we have been blessed with here at Big Woods. Uh, Bailey Marie Hawk was born. A daughter um, for Christian and Allison, a little sister for dear Bentley. Um, I have down here that she weighed 69 pounds. I'm just, I'm just guessing. I don't know, dear Allison. I'm, I'm guessing it's. I put the decimal. It's six pounds nine ounces. I'm hoping. Or, or we're really, really going to be anxious to, to meet Bailey next Sunday. Um, God is, God is so good. Um, I, I want to just pause and express gratitude on behalf. So let's go to the Lord and, and express our gratitude for this time, for his word and for his presence and ask for help as we learn together. Let's pray. Father, our, our hearts are full. We think, Lord, of the blessing of, of a marriage yesterday. We think of the blessing of the birth of a, a baby. We think, Lord, of the team that you have brought safely. Safely home, we think of one that's been sent. Father, we, we exist and we do all of, all of this church life with purpose, and we are so grateful for that. We thank you, Lord, that we exist for your glory. We, we move, we live, we breathe, we talk, we walk for your glory. God, give us the strength to do that. Father, I, I thank you for your word, the authority of it, the, the power of your word that is sharper than any two-edged sword. I thank you, Lord, that your word... Uh, cuts the very very depths of our heart, of our soul, of our spirit. I thank you, Lord, for every person that is here as we now, Lord, examine a, a result of what it looks like to be people who are surrendered completely to you and to the presence and power of your spirit. I would ask, Lord, that we would be characterized and known as a joyous church, that we would be filled with, with a church of joyous people. Father, I, I thank you for my brothers that are preaching the gospel in this community. We pray, Lord, for Lock Haven, the surrounding 
towns, many, many who are just ensnared in darkness. God, I would ask that you would use us any way that you see fit. Um, We thank you for how the gospel transformed. We thank you, Lord, for lives that are here today as a result of the powerful gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, now at this moment we ask that you open eyes and ears to see you, to hear you. Father, we ask, Lord, that you'd be glorified, that you would direct our attention to you. Lord, help us to just forget about everything else right now and hear from you and you alone. Guard my my words uh, from saying anything that would not be pleasing to you. We ask this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. We speak this morning on the subject of joy. I, I should have alerted this person. I just saw Kim this morning in the front row. And, and if you know it all, uh, just over a year ago, uh, Kim gave her heart and life to the Lord, followed the Lord in, in obedience and was baptized. And if you've ever met Kim, she just radiates joy. And this is what happens. Um, as a result, Kim's son, Jerome, has come to, to the Lord. And, and Kim's fiance is here today, Nick, and Nick is now here. And Nick has brought his son, Nick, who is here. And Nick has brought a friend who is here. That's really what it looks like when joy is present in a person's life. And I commend you, and it is all to the glory of the Lord. But what a wonderful example. As we think about this subject, here's an object lesson right in front of you. This is what it looks like been involved in this series. It's, it's called The Nine, uh, the Fruits of the Spirit. Remember this, they are an outward indicator of salvation. All of these fruits, okay, are an outward indicator. It's something that has transpired, something that's taken place inwardly. Remember that, which means this, when and only when you recognize what? That God is holy and you and I are unholy. When and only when you put your entire life, your faith, your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as the only means that can reconcile God's holiness with our unholiness. When and only when you surrender completely every portion of your life to the Lord Jesus Christ and he becomes Lord, one master ruling over you. And you allow the Holy Spirit to take control. When and only when that happens, will these fruits be manifested or be made known to all. Understand that. This is a direct evidence, a direct result of salvation, of what it looks like to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't have to manufacture this. You don't have to make this stuff up. This happens. Today we continue on in our series in Galatians. We come to the second. Last week we looked at at love. Fruit of the Spirit is love. Today, here's our text, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is joy. It's joy. My, My dad always, always used a phrase. He was always talking about planting a flag. He said, when you get off the bus first day of school, elementary, I want you, son, to plant a flag. 
When you go away to, to college, I want you to plan a flag when you get there. When you, you enter a new class, you, you join a new team, you move to a new town. Son, I want you to plant a flag. Let people know who you are and what you stand for. That is so important. We are a church that exists for one purpose, that is to bring glory to God. And we do that by building relationships so the gospel of Jesus Christ is communicated. The gospel of Jesus Christ literally takes root and transforms lives and ultimately we transform a community. If we're going to do that, we must plant a flag within this community. I was encouraged this week to read in my studies that joy... Joy is the flag that flies above the palace when the king is in residence. Isn't that beautiful? It's this indicator. Everybody knows. Plant a flag. Let it wave. Let it be seen as a, as a reminder that the king, the Lord Jesus Christ, is in residence here. Let me tell you this. It will be produced. Joy will be present. It will be visible. It will be obvious. Joy will be well known to all. When you surrender your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, allow the Holy Spirit to take control. Is there a need? Is there a need today in our world for joy to be present? I despise now, almost despise looking at the news every day. It's yet one more catastrophe, one more threat. There's Fear. People are living in, in unprecedented times of depression and sadness and heartache. I have met and I've talked to people on a continual basis who struggle with what we would call the addictions of, of drug abuse or the addictions of alcoholism. And people use this phrase, what? They're seeking an escape. Because they don't like the hardship around them. They don't like what, what they feel inside. They don't like the, the overwhelming sadness or heartache. They seek a, an escape. And so they, what, get drunk or, or shoot up. Something to mask it. But we have to be very quickly to not make sure we just corner or categorize everyone who has an addiction. Everyone who's seeking escape is doing it through drugs or alcohol. That's not true. Realize that there are healthy, wealthy, wise people right here that are miserable in your own life, and so you continue to seek and escape through the means of many, many different things. People are seeking the escape today through work. I don't like what I feel. I don't like who I am, and so I'll work more and more, and, and it becomes an escape. People, people escape through food. They escape through play. They escape through sports, parents living vicariously through the successes of your children on, on a ball field. It's an escape. People can escape into video games. People can escape into shopping. Let me tell you this. I want you to write this down. I want you to remember this. When true joy is present, you do not need to escape anything. Remember that. When true joy is present, you do not need to escape anything. Please understand this morning that I am speaking about joy, and I am not speaking, I'll make a distinction, I'm not speaking about happiness. Big difference between joy 
and happiness. We are so accustomed. It has been written into what? America's Declaration of Independence. It speaks of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That is a wonderful privilege. It is even a right that we have to enjoy in our country. I want you to understand this. Do you realize this? Nowhere in all of Scripture, which is our ultimate authority, are you and I ever told to pursue happiness. I'm not denying the existence of happiness. I'm not saying happiness is a bad thing. I'm saying what? It is is fleeting. It is temporary. Happiness is elusive. It's slippery. It's superficial at times. It can be shallow at times. I'm not... Speaking about happiness. Happiness comes when what? We look at ourselves and every single one of our outward circumstances aligns according to the way that we think. Okay? Then we say, well, check it off. I am now happy. It's, it's more than that. We're speaking about joy. Joy goes much deeper. As the title of our message this morning suggests from that old Sunday school song that you sang or perhaps memorized as kids. I've got joy, 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 joy. Down in my heart. Where, remember this? You used to do this as if you just do that in Sunday school for a lot of stuff. Where do you have it? Down in my heart. I have it. Let me tell you this. True joy can't be faked. You talk about joy. I'm not talking about just plastering, painting, some kind of a fake smile in giddiness or silliness. I'm not speaking about that at all. True joy is something that cannot be manufactured. It cannot be pretended to have. You will, you will, you will weed that out. You'll sniff a fake any day. Rather, what joy is what the Holy Spirit brings. Joy is what the Holy Spirit brings into our lives that literally lifts us above every single circumstance. That means that true joy, true joy can be ours in the midst of the most trying and the most tense of situations that you ever find yourself in. True joy can actually exist in the most dark or the most depressing or difficult of days. True joy actually can exist in a scary moment or a severe time. I heard the testimony just recently of a family a number of years ago, missionaries to China, whose son grew up and went off on his own as a missionary in China and was actually martyred for his faith. He was was persecuted, he was killed because he followed the Lord Jesus Christ. The parents penned and wrote this, There are tears in our eyes. But there is joy in our hearts. Wait a minute. Parents whose son dies for his faith, and they're able to say, yes, there's tears in our eyes, but something far greater than that, something far deeper than that, something more beautiful than that is that joy can actually exist in our hearts. How does one say that? How does the Apostle Paul How does he say in the book of Philippians, he has been imprisoned, he has been threatened, he has been beaten, and yet 14 times in this letter that he writes to the church at Philippi, he mentions the word joy or rejoice or be glad. The entire theme of Philippians. Take some time. Dads, read Philippians out loud with your family today. 
entire theme is about joy. I counted, I actually took time in, in, in one of my concordances, 199 different times. The word joy or a form of it, joyful or joyous, is used throughout the pages of God's word. Some 70 times in the New Testament alone. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 6, Paul writes the churches at Thessalonica and he speaks of the joy of the Holy Spirit. The word joy, Greek word kara, denotes joy from a spiritual source. In the Old Testament, the prophet Nehemiah uses the phrase in chapter 8, the joy of the Lord. Everywhere you go, Old Testament, New Testament, Hebrew or Greek, it always points to the fact that God is the only and ultimate source of true joy. Next week, you will, as a family, celebrate the communion table. We do that regularly. We're commanded to do that, and we will do that until the Lord comes. You, you remember the setting, and you remember the time, and I speak of it often, that it was right, right before Jesus Christ was betrayed. He was sitting in the upper room, and he was talking to, he was teaching, he was encouraging his own followers, his disciples. And he spoke these words literally moments before the agony of Calvary. The whole, the whole scene was, was put into motion. He spoke these words, Christ hoped, but my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Now, think about that. Jesus Christ is God. Jesus Christ is completely powerful. Jesus Christ is what? All-knowing, he knows everything that is going to take place in the moments to come. He knows what? That he will be betrayed by someone that is closest to him. You ever been betrayed by someone who, who, who you loved and you thought loved you? Jesus knew that was coming. Jesus Christ knew that he was going to be beaten unmercifully. Jesus saw ahead and he knew that he would be taunted and he would be tortured ruthlessly. Jesus knew that he would have been spit in the face by those who reviled and despised him. Jesus knew that he would be speared, that nails would pierce his flesh. And yet he wishes what? My joy, my joy be in you. How, excuse me, how can that be? How, how does something like that take place? How, how could one ever think, let alone say things, at that moment? How? What, what did we mention earlier? The joy of the Holy Spirit, the joy that the Holy Spirit brings into our lives, literally lifts us above any outward circumstances. We did a series, uh, I think most of last year, in the book of Acts. Why was the book, why, why were the early Christians, why were they so effective? Why is it that they were a magnet? Why is it they drew people? What was it that the Lord was doing through them? We realized that regardless of how difficult it was, they displayed a consistent inner joy. They were chased and hounded and they were hunted for their faith, and they displayed sincere joy over and over and over again. 
in church history, Bishop Stephen Neal has said it, described it like this in, in, in regards to the first church, our, our brothers and sisters. It was because they were a joyful people that the early Christians were able to conquer the world. They were characterized as a joyful group of people. What are they joyful in? They have a message. A message that takes the worst, the darkest, the, 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 the most dysfunctional, the most broken of homes or marriages and families. They have a message that says, you put your faith in your life and your hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only means to reconcile God's holiness with, with our unholiness. There was a message that came across my desk this week from, from Craig and Shelley Schaefer. They're missionaries with their four children. They live in a little tiny hut. I think they live up in a tree or something, in, in a remote area of a jungle in Indonesia. They've been there, I believe, seven years working on translation because that particular people group does not have a written language. There was a picture that got sent across, and Craig was there. And he had this massive, beaming smile on his face. And he had seven years, and there were four young men. And he says, for the first time, they are hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ in their own language. Seven years. Oh, wow. And yet we have what? Oftentimes we say, How are we doing? How do we display that type of joy? How can you and I display that type of joy? Automatically, there's this, there's this series of questions that we begin to ask ourselves. Well, how am I really doing in life? Am I content and satisfied with my marriage and my home and my family and my job? And we, we ask those questions. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with myself, you know. Wish I had a little bit more curly hair, but other than that, it's, it's just, and we ask ourselves these questions about about our own existence, our our our, our appearances. Do, do you realize this? Do you realize that all of those things? How, how are you doing? Well, I'm content with this. Do you realize all of those things—a house, a job, a family—all of those things have nothing to do with whether or not true joy should or does exist. You realize that? What if your home burned down? Work all day long and you get it perfect and you sit in your chair with your iced tea and you say, it's perfect. What, if it, what if it was gone when you got home? You don't know right now. It could be on fire right now as you're thinking about, did I unplug the iron? What happens if you lost your health? What if, what if God called you or afflicted you with a debilitating or a disfiguring disease and your beautiful face is not beautiful any longer? What if you lost the ability to speak? What if God took your son or your daughter or your wife or your husband? Would, would you then say, what would you then say, well, I, I don't have... You and I need to be more concerned about what the Holy Spirit supernaturally produces in our lives rather than the natural things that exist around us. Think about today's world. That, that's, why we can, that's why we can shine so bright in this community. Think about today's world and you see everywhere a tremendous lack of joy in people's lives. 
People are literally paralyzed in fear and worry constantly. They live in the shadows of disillusionment. We think about people that literally, we have young people, unprecedented numbers of young people committing suicide today. I'm just miserable with life. I just yank the eject handle and just hope it all goes away. It doesn't work like that. Because there's the eternal existence in one of two places. Heaven or hell. And heaven only, only is reserved for those who put their faith and their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Divorce continues to skyrocket. Depression is off the scale. People live with ulcers and heart disease as a result of fear and worry. So as we look and examine and we know and we live in this world around us, don't be shocked or surprised that that this world system fails to offer anything of joyful substance. Why? Because they literally have attempted to throw God out, throw God's word out. And stop their ears from listening to the truth of the gospel. Be assured that it is God by His Spirit that directs His joy into our bleak and often problem-filled lives. Last week we were introduced to the fruit of the Spirit is love, agape, which means what? It's not based on a feeling. It's not how you feel. We fall in love. We fall out of love. Love is not based on a feeling. Love is what? What Mark and Lori stood up here yesterday and committed to one another in sickness or in health. It is a commitment to action. I will love you regardless. We look at the same idea today that what? Joy is something that exists that rises above circumstances. It's not uh, happiness that is a vapor. It's not because all the circumstances in life align perfectly. I think of King Solomon, who is arguably the wisest, arguably the wealthiest man who has ever existed. Listen to what he says in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, his own description. I made great works. I built houses. I planted vineyards for myself. I made myself gardens and parks and planted in them all kinds of fruit trees and made myself pools from which to water the forest of growing trees. I bought male and female servants, had servants who were born in my house. I had also great possessions of herds and flocks, more than any who has ever been before me in Jerusalem. A summary in verse 9, so I became great And I surpassed all who went before me in Jerusalem. And listen to the summation in verse 17. So I hated life. I hated life. Because what is done under the sun was grievous to me for all his vanity. And a striving after the wind. Solomon had everything that we would say, what? He must be so happy. No, it doesn't work like that. Tonight, when you see that gorgeous moon, take a jar outside, open the lid, and fill it with wind. Put the lid on, bring it back inside your house, open it up, and see how much wind you just caught. It doesn't work like that. That's what Solomon describes. That's the futility of living for this world and the things that are in this world. I have met millionaires 
I've been in communities where you drive by and it's mansion after mansion after mansion with pools and toys and boats and jaguars and bends. And I remember one particular time I was visiting, we as a family were in Bristol, Connecticut, in a fluent bedroom community between Hartford and New York City. We went to visit some friends there. As we drove through the community, surely these people must be happy. Until we met with a 10 and a 14-year-old set of brothers whose father had recently left their mother in their own words for the new and improved version. All of this, all of this, and we still are grasping and seeking. We're chasing something that's going to make us happy for a moment. Well, that happiness is fleeting. A man who does that, a woman who does that, will not have joy unless the presence of God and the ministry of the Holy Spirit is in their life, taking control of their life. Let me tell you this. If you do not have joy in your life, you do not have the Holy Spirit in your life. I'm not saying that we don't go through a tough day. You will face hard times. But it is that crucial. This is an evidence the Holy Spirit exists. If there is no joy in your life, if you're seeking, if you're searching, if you're wandering around looking for something, if you don't have joy, then you do not have the Holy Spirit. That's what Galatians 5 is all about. If you do not have joy in your life, you do not have God controlling your life. So what do we do? We walk out in depression? No. We've been talking about this first and foremost. Search your own hearts. David says, see if there be any wicked way in me. And it begins right here, right now. You allow the Holy Spirit to just literally just open and expose everything. Open the, the, the iron-clad lids and let light shine in. Search your heart. And listen to what the Holy Spirit is revealing to you. Secondly, we surrender. Literally, we give up and we say, Lord, you are completely in control. I am yours. I will do. I will go. I will say everything that you want because it's all about your glory and it's not about mine. And then what? Surround yourself with good and godly people, men to help hold you accountable every day. If you're a woman, you find good and godly women to surround you, to speak into your life, for you to be transparent with. And we allow to have the Holy Spirit to take place. What happens then? Let me give you four things quickly in closing. Here's our first point. We're doing really well. Number one, expect joy. I want you to expect joy. Look for this. Isaiah chapter 55. After dads, you read um, the book of Philippians to your family. I want you to spend time and read Isaiah 55. Okay? Come, everyone who thirsts. There's this repeated calling. Incline your ear. Seek the Lord's. Throughout the whole chapter. And then it says this. For you shall go out in joy. You shall go out. It will exist. David blew it. Committed adultery. Committed murder. In Psalm 51, there is this psalm of confession. He says, restore unto me the joy of your salvation. 
it doesn't matter what you have done. It doesn't matter how far you have fallen. It doesn't matter what horrible sins you have committed. Let me tell you this, that salvation brings joy. The Holy Spirit in control of your life brings joy. Trust God and expect joy to be present in your life. Secondly, catch joy. Jesus said what to those disciples? My joy may be in you. Have you spent time with people that they're just joyous individuals and there's something magnetic about them, there's something contagious about them, there's, there's, there's an excitement around them. In college I had to do ministry credits. You actually had to do good things for other people and get graded on it. I don't recommend that all the time. I remember I didn't have a clue. My freshman year, I signed up for um, the Waxter Boys Detention Home in, in the greater Baltimore area. I made it for two weeks. I came out in, in, in tears of some eight-year-old bragging and boasting about horrible crimes that he'd committed. And I said, I just, I just can't. I'm not connecting here. I'm having a hard time. I signed up for nursing home ministry. For the next four years, I went every single Thursday. Remember, I would visit a woman. Her name I will never, ever forget, Margarita Medness. She's a German immigrant. She was a Holocaust survivor. She was in a nursing home because her family literally had put her there and abandoned her. And she was a precious sister in the Lord and a precious follower of Jesus. And I would go in there, in all honesty, regretting, I'm missing some sunshine outside, I could be doing other things, and I would go in grumbling, and I would spend time with Margarita, and I would come out glowing in joy. She was that type of a person. She had nothing, she had no one, but she had her eyes fixed on the Lord, and she enjoys His presence at this very moment. Catch joy, spend time joyful people and see how the Holy Spirit uses them and how the Holy Spirit can display joy in your own life. Third, display joy. Oh, it's so important. It's not happening in this world, our nation. I don't believe that true joy is evident enough even in our churches today. And yet we proclaim a message. We need to be displaying joy. Again, not a fakeness, not a giddiness, not a silliness. My house burnt down. I'm so excited about that. That's not what I'm talking about. Regardless of circumstances, something deeper abides. And it's produced by the Holy Spirit. Psalm chapter 97. Dads, read this one with your families too. This is a great one. The Lord reigns, let the earth rejoice, let the many coastlands be glad. Now, I was reading portions of it to us today. Again, the psalmist in 66 verse 1 says, Shout for joy, all the earth. There's something that exists. It's got to be seen. It will be seen. Fourth and finally, enjoy joy. Pause. Don't move too quickly through life. Pause and enjoy basking what God has done in His grace, that He loves you, that He forgives you, that He has cleansed you, that He redeems you, that He has given a purpose for you. Pause on that. Read the book of Philippians where the entire theme is joy. Listen to what James says in chapter 1. Count it all joy, my brothers, even when you suffer. 
We had our little one-year-old's nephew and three-year-old niece visiting from Tanzania, Africa, just this weekend. Little Joey, one years old, sitting at the table, and he put dessert in front of him, and he takes it in both hands, and he just dwarfs it and smears it. It's a delight to see, but the problem is, is that as soon as he jams it in the mouth, he's looking for something else. As opposed to, Joey, 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 my son, Joseph, just slow down. Enjoy this cake. And we do that. We grab and we just force it in and we look for what's next as opposed to pause on that. Bask and bathe in God's goodness and grace. Enjoy joy. May that, may that this morning be a reminder of what the truth of God's word tells us we can look for, we can expect. When we have offered our lives in complete surrender and submission to the authority of God, the authority of the Spirit, the authority, Lord, of, of, of your word. And we just, we just express constantly a sense of true joy. We'll see how that results in peace next week. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we are so grateful for who you are. Thank you, Lord, for what you have called us to in, in the task, how you have commissioned us. Help us to be faithful. Help us, Lord, to display that which, which you bring into our lives joy, that that will be used um, as a tool as we minister for you in this community, uh, sharing the, the truth and, and the magnificent message of the gospel. We ask these in your son's name. Amen. Stay with us as we close, please. We'll uh, close with a with a joyful song, I think.